0: Roll for initiative. <laughs> Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Tabletop, LARP, mush, everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win at a role-playing game is, is just to have fun. Have fun. I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me, as always, is Carrie the Legend hello, hello. and Jason the Favorite, and
1: also the one who finally went to the doctor with his shoulder. Shut up! I, you should go to the doctor. You'd be quiet. How's your shoulder? You better now. I went oh, to the doctor, obviously. Right, right. Carrie should do that. Yeah. Well, I don't either. I'm just—I just went. and I'm not going to pay them. Oh, okay. That's—that's <laughs> that's my health care plan.
0: Statute of limitations only six years in Tennessee.
1: Right? right. You can string it. The trick is, you just give them like five bucks. Hmm. I, that, I've been paying Erlinger Hospital, what is it, 33 or $34 for the last five years for a $250,000 right. bill. <laughs> hey. I Are need to f- call him and tell him I'm going to drop that. <laughs> hey, I'm going re- I'm, to. I'm, I'm working right now and I'd like to keep more of my money, so.
0: Yeah, sorry. Just, I'm just going to drop it to five bucks. Uh, speaking of money, let's talk about our Patreon. Woo!
1: I like them. our Patreon,
0: just the I like one. It. Yeah. We have a Patreon. Uh it's at patreon.com slash on a roll podcast. And if you go there, you can pledge to back our podcast. The money helps us keep the show on the air.
2: I like to imagine them all actually pledging, like putting their hands like over their heart.
0: And raising two fingers in the air. Oh, and-
2: oh on a roll. Yeah. I pledge to always listen.
0: To always
2: <laughs> roll fair. To always, you know, like
1: Nice. Okay. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. Did well- we decide we're gonna call them rollers? No, uh, we haven't decided. We never, we never discussed it. We need to discuss this, right? Everybody, email us and tell us what you want it to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Message Ryan
1: on his Facebook page.
0: No, do not do that. Between
1: do the that. hours of eight and five.
0: No, you can go there and become a patron of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, if you do that, you get some free stuff. You do, and uh, you can get a call out and shout out on this show and other things. We might even roast one of your characters. What? We might. Yeah. Tell us who
1: are our patrons this week? Well, we have Joel Eastland. Oh Ooh. Ooh. I know we have Noah. What about Noah?:
0: We don't know because his Facebook was really boring this week. I oh. guess he was busy at work. He's yeah. back in in Richmond, the city from whence he came. Oh. I did
2: invite him to some real fun studio stuff. yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
0: He also professed his love for Mr. Rogers a few times.
2: I mean, to the, be fair, that just means he's a good person.
0: Or he likes sweaters.
1: Who else we got? Oh. Drew Stevens, who I think also likes sweaters. I don't know why. He just he had seems... that character that cut his shirt all the time. Yeah, remember that yeah, that he was did. funny. I like that. That was odd. Ryan Martin is starting a new LARP soon. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. Ah.
1: In Lexington, Kentucky. Only That's... a four-hour drive. Only a four-hour drive. Mm-hmm. We could Hey, do Ryan, that. could we wear GoPros and come to your LARP? <laughs> i
0: have several friends who live in lexington
1: well, i'm we, just saying yeah. i have crash base we should you know we should think about going up i yeah. yeah i would love to play in ryan's games he's you know and i say this he's gifted in a good way oh, interesting.
2: I was, it felt like there was like a bad punchline
1: there oh, for a no, second i was no. like wait okay there we go yeah. not just his poofy hair right. lost colonies larp oh joe Hines. That's that's right. Who's who's farther away? Who is farther away. Farther away. Yeah, it's farther away. That bumps. we need to do yeah. that long weekend where we hit every game in the Northeast.
2: Yeah, that would be fun. I and mean,
1: fly to Washington. Oh goodness. Well, I mean, there's a not DC, Washington State. Do we have anybody new? We have two new people. What? what? Carrie, I think you need to do one of them.
2: We have Ryan Galliato. <laughs>
1: Who famously was interviewed for a different podcast this week, too. Wow. Famous. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ryan Galeado is my very first werewolf storyteller. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I have, like, when I think of, like, where did I learn all of the good things about storytelling? Like, it goes back to three people. And he's one of them? He is He is one of them. Like, mm-hmm. everything good I ever learned about storytelling, all the the good things, I learned from the the guy who put demons in Star Wars, because he was, like, as it turns out, one of the worst storytellers I ever had. And dude. you but learn. You, you learn from seeing somebody do it oh, poorly. Yeah. A terrible boss will teach you a lot. That's right. Uh, and then Carrie. Right. She and is legendary. And, and, and ter- terrible. Legendarily terrible. And then uh, Ryan Galeato. What's the best thing you've learned from him? Give me. Give me a a thing oh my gosh oh, I, I've got it I always got it. look oh. fabulous when you
1: story well, tell. Okay. Well, that's that,
2: that is true no he was not afraid to say no I like that in fact he was so ready to say no he used to carry around a His clipboard. clipboard yeah he used to <laughs> say no that had no on it and when people would be like I want and he just hold up the clipboard at them <laughs> and like what do you know, like it, it I mean you also need to let your players talk and ask things. And, and he sure, would. He and would. he would. But, like, yeah. when it was all said and over, he would hold up that clipboard and it was like, no! <laughs> 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 and and it was, the way it was written and the way he would, like, kind of sort of thrust it at the players for a moment, it was always funny. Right. And so it felt like he was joking with you even he though softening he, the blow. he was softening it yeah. you know, one so
0: of the one of the for real things that i i really learned from him though is how he was incredibly unflappable
1: oh like, i love that in a storyteller it
0: didn't matter what like he was always able to mm-hmm. control the scene mm-hmm. even even when the scene was out of control yeah he had it and okay. that was always that was a, a great you know a great great skill never let them see you flapped
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always keep your flaps down. Yeah. Flaps completely down, completely und. Who's the other one? Salim Hollaby. Hollaby, I got it right. Hollaby at your boys. Oh. Ah. Salim's one of our friends from UT. We played with him a bunch in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. uh, Chattanooga he's yeah. a cool dude. He's secretly working on a new LARP. Oh crap! no <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I'm sure it's fine. Everyone ignore Where that. everyone
2: ignore that.
1: Going. <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right, and what about uh is there anybody else? Well, there there's
2: my uh my my. my I'm very happy to say that Sarah rah rah, Hurrah, rah 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 is coming to visit me this weekend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: You should to take lots of selfies. We will. That's fantastic. Well, if you'd like to become a patron and get a shout out and other free stuff, you can. You can go to patreoncom Podcast. Join us at
1: the wizard level at that, least.
0: That's right. And uh, oh oh, I'm sorry. Hang on, my. The phone is ringing. Who is
1: what? it? Uh, I, let me... Hang on just a second. Hello? Uh, who is it? Who is it?
3: Hello, it's... Is, this is Mark.
1: Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna put you on speakerphone so we can all hear you. Hello? Mark... Hi. Who is Mark?
3: My name's Mark Ellis.
1: Mark Ellis? Oh. you? I think I recognize that
2: name. Do you? Yeah. How come? Because I think you were a character in one of the games I ran.
1: Yeah. Oh, Really? Yeah. What's what was he like? I'm male. <laughs> like the U.S. Post Office stuff. No. Like I'm not a woman.
3: Are you judging my gender?
1: I'm not judging anything. Okay. He was a dude. He was a dude.
3: All right. I'm in my early thirties.
1: I don't think you are anymore. <laughs> you were in your early thirties twenty years ago.
3: 20. <laughs> I have a scar over.
1: He classic. Very classic. Yeah, it was, it, mean, was,
2: it was a first-time character. Was
1: this a werewolf character? Yes. What's the point of playing a werewolf character that does not have a facial scar? Uh, That's right what right I on. always All say.
3: Right. It's true. You know, I was a Hamid Philodox child of Gaia.
1: Are you something different now? No. <laughs> so, are you a Philodox or a Philodox? A Philodox. Okay. Because there seems to be some weird difference there. There is. Okay.
3: <laughs> some people call me a cog.
1: Because you're in the big machine? It's short for Child of Gaia. Oh, okay. What else do they call you? Sir. Oh.
3: That's because I'm a firefighter. I'm a paramedic, really. Mm-hmm. All right. I also speak with a really thick New York accent.
1: I can tell. Is, is that what that I've was? Been, I've been trying to figure <laughs> out what that was. Yeah. I thought you were just high or something.
2: He often was. Oh!
1: <laughs>
3: I have some really strong skills if you'd like to hear.
2: I would love to hear about your strong skills,
1: Mark.
3: Um, Spelling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That comes in a lot of handy in a werewolf game.
3: Another strong skill is I have courage.
1: (laughs) Courage. (laughs) Courage. What kind of courage do you have?
3: No, I mean, that's that's, that's just what I wrote down. Courage.
1: Courage? <laughs> I think isn't that good... like some roughage or something? No,
0: it's because he's so good at spelling.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was something like muesli. Like, I <laughs> had muesli and some courage this morning for breakfast.
0: These collars don't
3: run.
1: They, These yes. collars don't run.
3: Look, I'm a medic. That's what courage is.
1: Oh. I thought you were a homid. No, no, he is a medic. He's oh, okay, a medic. not a medic. No, not a medic.
3: This is why my worst enemy is myself.
1: Because of the thick oh. New York accent.
3: <laughs> oh, it comes I... through in his spelling. Let me tell you about my best friend.
1: Who's your best friend?
3: I remember. Is it good? It's Kim. Kim Shepherd.
1: <laughs> Who's Kim Shepherd?
2: I don't know. I just wrote her name.
1: No. Oh no! No, she's my
2: partner. It's kinfolk.
1: Like life partner.
2: No, like his partner in the ambulance.
1: Oh, she works with him. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: She and I had courage together.
1: Courage <laughs> together.
3: You know what my greatest accomplishment was? Spelling. I joined a pack.
1: Oh, okay. What was the pack?
3: Uh, I, see, I was kind of a reluctant guru. Right. It means, that means I was a werewolf that didn't want to be one. Right, so, right. So joining a pack was kind of a big deal.
1: It was the first time you admitted that you were actually a werewolf and you needed other werewolves. Yeah. Like most New Yorkers, you talk really fast. It's you know hard what, to keep up with you.
3: You know what I'm doing now. Nope. I'm dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, how'd you die? Uh, I was probably on some quest to taking care of people I care about.
1: Oh, okay. You sound really invested in people.
3: It's my courage. <laughs> I remember this one time. I was like, "No, please don't park your penis in my partner."
2: He actually said that the game was. <laughs>
1: I, that would take a lot of courage to say that out loud.
3: Yeah, it's a lot to unpack.
1: It is. I it remember
3: is. another time I made a bunch of cubs do push-ups. Okay. Yeah, they'd gotten drunk, so I started yelling at them like I was a drill sergeant.
1: Right, right.
3: That's the story.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's one hell of a punchline. Yeah. All right, I gotta go. Hey, right.
2: hey, Mark, real quickly. Yeah. Do you, do you still uh, dislike cats?
3: Cats suck.
2: They do. I'm sorry about that. It's
3: all right. As long as you're not parking your penis in my no, no,
1: I did not do that. All
3: right. all right. All right. If you need me, I'll be in Portage, Indiana.
1: Dead. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to find people when they're <laughs> dead.
2: dead. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Mark. Satin rules. (laughs) Mark.
0: Bye. Well, that was crazy. (laughs) All right, let's go to combat rounds. All right.
1: Welcome to combat rounds. (laughs) yeah i'm fine okay yep because
2: he gets all snappy
0: and And he says
1: things like i'm fine i'm not sleepy at all quit
0: parking your partner in my penis (sighs) oh which i would that was backwards yeah that was was. but (laughs) i would like to to say more painful he said that to your character all the time well because i kept putting my penis in his partner (laughs) (laughs) that's not true the truth (laughs) is my character never had sex with his partner no
1: but it was funny So what's tonight's subject?
0: Tonight's topic is 10 simple things you could do to
1: make your game better. What? Those are just super easy suggestions. That's right. Uh, So no,
2: they're rules.
1: They're rules. Hmm. What? What? No, they're suggestions. It's It's better air. What do you call it? Radio. It's better radio if people are like, if you, you don't do these ten things, oh. your game will suck!
0: <laughs> <laughs> we wrote these kind of thinking of tabletop, so not all of them apply to Mush and not
1: all of them apply mm-hmm. to LARP, but most of them apply. And, in and some like,
2: way, shape, or form. Like the
1: first one, which we'll get to in a second, like most LARPs don't do this, but maybe you should?
0: Well, if or you a, should
1: do some version of it. If it's a brand new LARP, sometimes they do. Yeah. So it's, let's get into
0: it. Right? All right. Well, number one. Have a game zero. What? What's game zero? A GZ. A GZ? What's a GZ? GZ? What? Uh, So a game zero is basically a a first night when, when I was a kid. Back in the olden days, days, Game Zero was just the night everybody got together to spend six hours making a Dungeons & Dragons character. And bitch about it. And then went home and didn't have time to play anything. Absolutely. That's where the bitching started. But today, Game Zeros have evolved, and now Game Zeros are an opportunity for you to all get together and decide what is this game going to look like so that all of your expectations and, uh, and desires are all on the
1: same page so that everybody gets what they want out of the game and has fun. Can we talk about how simple this is, and how dumb it is that it took twenty years for people to think of this?
0: It's so true. Yeah, you know, now in a uh, in a mush, this is really the out of character introduction page on your wiki. Sure. Absolutely. And in a LARP, uh, this can be a pregame, yeah, session. You know, it can be if it's your first, uh, if it's the first game, it could literally be a, a game zero, like a. Or it could be, uh, if, it's a, if, if you're running a big destination LARP, a lot of times it's the, the workshop.
1: Right. Okay. I can see that.
2: Um, a- actually, when we ran our Vampire game, we had a Game Zero. The, we the did. The we? Everyone met at, I think it was Panera. Yes. It was Panera. Yeah, it was Panera. Panera and um, we yeah. all t- people made characters and we talked about it and people made ties with each other. And, yeah.
0: and, and it's important that you say that because one of the important things about Game Zero is you have to all do it together. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, somebody uh, once told me that they did their game zero by making a questionnaire and they emailed it to everybody and had them email it back, but that doesn't actually work. And here's why it, it puts the storyteller or the dungeon master on the same page as each of his players individually, individually. Yeah, but it doesn't put all the players on the same page as one another. It's kind of like when you pick a, think of it this way, when you decide you're going to play a board game tonight, you don't. Ask each person individually, secretly, hey,
1: what board game do you want to play? Mm -hmm. And then decide. And even if you're running like a one-shot game, like when you ran uh, Gun Belt, me and Dakota said, hey, we should just know each other. And even that two minutes of, right before the game started, hey, let's know each other. Right. It made the game a lot more fun for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. This is,
0: this is the moment where everyone in the room decides together what board game they're going to play. Right. Mm-hmm. What goes into a Game Zero? Tell us a little bit about what you think a Game Zero is. What's it look like? Well, it's setting expectations. That's the bare minimum, right? What do you expect of the characters around you? Mm-hmm. What do you expect of the players around mm-hmm. you? And what do you expect of the DM? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, those are absolutely all, all three. And I think all three of those are not quite as equally important, but they're close. Um, You obviously, I think what you expect from the players and the DM is more important than what you expect from the characters. Right. right? Um, Just because, you know, obviously, out of character is always more important than in character.
1: Well, if we set expectations for players, the characters should take care of themselves. They should. Mm -hmm. Well, like, if we're on the same page... Yeah, we're going to make characters that complement. Well, it matters though if you want to
0: play a character that's a little bit unusual. For example, that's absolutely if, true. If we're running a World of Darkness game and everybody's playing werewolves, but I really want to play a changeling, that should be part of our conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. How, are, how do we expect this to work? Right. Can we make it work? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What other? What other things do you talk about at <sighs> Game Zero?
1: Well, you know, uh, people talk a lot about the role play. Versus role-playing. You know what I'm trying Uh, to say?
0: You're talking about spelling.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's also like... somewhere Mark is going, my specialty. Are we going to have mechanics? Are we going to have... R-O-L-L. role play, Roll dice. Versus? Are we going to kind of have expectations and rules? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, rules, not mechanics. How are we going to play this game? How are we going to interact with each other? What's our... What are, role playing gonna look what are like? our
0: characters going to be like? Yes. R-O-L-E playing? Yeah. yeah. It's the role versus role.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because some Classic games... Classic question.
0: Some games really just want to, you know, kill the dragon, save the princess, and go on to the next dragon. Get I, the
1: loot. And that's I, okay. i played a really good game uh, of... Uh, i played really good games of Dungeons and & Dragons and Hackmaster that were like this. Right. Really, it was, how tactically are we going to solve these problems? Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Role some, play was involved. Sometimes
0: you want to play a game where your character falls in love with an NPC and cries with an accent
1: yep you just we all should be on the same page about what we want it's the biggest single problem in the when i was running vampire larp is because there's two different kind of approaches there and getting people on the same page of which one we're kind of leaning into is a big deal yeah
0: i actually think that for long-running larps it wouldn't be a terrible idea from time to time to just say for the first hour of game tonight we're going to Reestablish and do a game zero, hey everybody, what do you guys want from this point right. that's actually that's yeah. a terrible like once a year that's yeah i mean you you <laughs> might you might could go once a year if your player base remains fairly right the, fairly much the same and you're uh only playing like once a month right yeah,
2: I actually think it would be very healthy like but I don't even it's think a really it's healthy. like uh uh you know you could do this like now Maybe that you're you saying that i I think that should be a
1: it's a rule. Yeah, it's a rule April, now. Everyone remember, has to do it. <laughs> remember how we used to do April Fool's games? Mm-hmm. It would always be not game. Right. It yeah. would, like we did, you know, the improv day, and we've done some other ones too. Yeah, yeah. But the big thing was, hey, let's all kind of calibrate how we all feel about the community right. Right? Yes. over the game itself. Yeah.
0: I also think during Game Zero, you talk about, like, what sort of threat level do you want? Oh, it's going to be a game where I could die. Right. Because some people yeah. are okay with that, and some people aren't.
1: And you know what? Over the years, when I was younger, I thought, well, obviously I want everything to be threat level five all, you know, all the way in. Right. (laughs) Because I want it to be real. I don't want it to be sissy. And then your first character died and you were like, F that. No, you know, (laughs) that wasn't what it was. Years later, I'm like, I've spent a shitload of money on costuming and I've invested (laughs) like a lot of time. You hate to die and start over. And Not just that, but I'm like, I'm really connected to this, and if they were to die, and it was in a way that I didn't find satisfying, like, maybe it would be, it would be fun, it wouldn't break me up, but wouldn't it be cooler if I had some say in it? If
2: I had if I had story behind this character, had more emotion, more punch
0: to it. And in a mush, that's, that's typically declaring consent, level of consent. Yeah. And there's a lot of arts that work that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, We also have, uh, it's also a time to talk about your house rules. Yeah, Sure. You know. Uh, are we running everything exactly straight by the book, or and is what does that mean to Right, it? or is there some sort of of house rule that that we should just put up front? And you know, house rules are kind of that every game has them, whether it's a, a mush LARP or tabletop yeah. game. Sure. Uh, and uh, and the other the other kind of thing with that is attendance expectations. Um, strangely enough, this matters more in a tabletop game than well, a LARP. Well,
1: if I've got six people here and two miss, it feels different. Especially if you're playing a game in which, like, having your healer here or your thief here right. matters a lot. But
0: if it's a LARP and you've got, you know, 20 people here and, and two people miss. Right. Yeah, the, you can, Everything goes as planned. Didn't notice they were gone. Right. Right, yeah.
1: Though maybe, you know, I've known LARPs who had people in leadership positions. They had an expectation that if you're not going to show up, unless it's an emergency, you know, real life first. But if you're not going to show up, you have to let staff know. Right. And you need to make some decisions about how the things that you normally decide in game are going to look. Who's going to be vice president that day? Yeah. yeah.
2: I think that's a courtesy. Absolutely, it's a courtesy. You should give your game runners, but I don't think it's a you have to.
1: Well, their th- their thought was if you take a leadership position in game, then you have a greater responsibility I, for yeah, the game.
2: I understand that, but I also – it's a game. Yeah, that's true. true. You know? It's true. And, and so, like, I, I think there that is – very kind to do to your staff, to let, you know, hey, I can't make it tonight. And I think most players that are in big positions, you know, if you're playing right. the prince, the president. If you the, care
0: enough to have ended up in that position. Usually. You're doing what you can to get there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What else do you talk about at at a game zero?
1: You know, a lot of people now are talking about how do you level up or gain power in the game. Whether that's XP awarded every game, if it's... uh, Are we going to be a high XP or a low XP game? Mm -hmm. Right. What's cap? What's cap? Setting those numbers and expectations early will lead to far less arguments down the road when you, as the person running it, have questions. Yeah. And I've seen
0: this even in in tabletop games, like a Dungeons & Dragons game with a regular Dungeons & Dragons group I used to play. We would have two or three different... Uh, you know, D&D games running at the same time. Sure. And, you know, they would all three were ran by the same guy. But like, you know, there was one game where he was like, look, we're going to start at level one and we're going to do a really slow XP gain. And then the other games, you know, they were like, woo, here's 50,000 XP. Yeah. You know, because you looked at the guy or whatever. right? And it changes the flavor. Right. And and that's totally cool. And they were both lots of fun. And uh, it was important, though, that we knew this game's not like that game. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else, Ryan? Uh, I think uh, you, you you always talk, Jason, about this idea of run the game you say you're going to run. Oh, yes, absolutely. Gotta,
1: everybody has expectations mm-hmm. going in. It's kind of game zero stuff. Let's talk about what we're going to run. Yeah. I'm, and then how I'm going to do that. Yeah. And make sure that you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Any, anything else? Oh, oh, oh. Cell phone policy. <laughs>
1: <Nope>. <laughs> Isn't it funny that that has become a thing now? You know, I never even thought about it because, like, when I was playing, if somebody had been distracted at the table, they would have, the, no XP for you tonight, Yeah, <laughs> you were distracted. <laughs>
0: but that's something you should say. Right. I right. mean, is it that kind of your, your cell phone policy? That's Maybe, expectation. It, yeah. So you need to talk about that. Maybe your cell phone policy is do whatever you want with your cell phone, I don't care. Yeah. You know, but sometimes uh, it, it might be cell phones are fine, uh, but if we are in a combat I need you to not be playing uh, Pokemon Go because I, I don't want to have to keep re the scene every time it's your turn.
1: Fair. There, there was a basically a rule that was described the other day I was reading where it's you can play with your phone all you want because I understand that different people have different attention spans. Right. right. But uh, you're expected to be present in the game. Yeah. So whatever that takes for you personally. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, just Whatever works. Yeah. Well, it's being kind yeah. to the players around you. Whatever. What I like about all these things is they sound like really important decisions, and the decisions themselves, making them is important, but what they are isn't necessarily that important. Right. You know what I'm trying to they say? They can be like, whatever you want. Yeah. This game's going to be really dangerous. You're going to get zero XP, okay. and you can't miss a single game. As long as you're on your cell phone. Yeah. But you have to be on your cell phone. And you know what? As long as everybody knows that going in, mm-hmm. they're probably going to have a good time. That's yep. right. Because they're, in, they're invested in that game. Yeah. It's,
0: it's so strange that this, like you had said off the air earlier, like you, you could not believe the first time you heard about Game Zero, you were like, why the hell have I never done this before? Right. Oh, well, I used to spend three, four sessions setting up everybody getting them into the same room. How did, how did these characters first meet each yeah. other? <laughs> and then one day you were like, wait. Just at game, at game zero, at session zero, I can just go, hey, how do you guys know one another? Right. And five minutes later, they've got backstory. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to, to a thing you could do to, simple thing you could do to make your game better, number two. Oh, play music. Do you like that? I do. So it's tricky though, right? Oh, yeah. You, you have to make sure
2: that it's the right volume. Yeah. You have to make sure that it's not so distracting that... People are gonna either be singing along and not paying attention. Right. Or um that it's gonna distract people where they're going, That's that's
0: odd or that's weird. Loud um, enough to set the mood, quiet enough to not distract the room. Yes. Yeah. There's
1: some really great playlists out there for YouTube, uh, not for YouTube, on <laughs> YouTube. And there's a couple of other ones mm-hmm. that are just like Dungeon background music, and it
0: could be as simple as just you're running a Star Wars game. Go buy one of the John Williams soundtracks mm-hmm. and just run it on your laptop in the background. They're dirt,
1: dirt cheap, and heck, I probably hear most of it on YouTube. Yeah.
0: If you're if you're playing yeah. a Star Wars tabletop game, man, nothing will will make that make it feel better and more intense if yeah. if there's Star Wars music playing in the background. And, and
2: there's something epic about going. Okay, I I roll to. Hit him with my lightsaber, and then there just happens to be a swell of music as, oh, your, dice, as your dice clack across the table. Like, like, sometimes the music will, like, be the, mo- the most perfect thing in the world, yeah. and it's
1: great. I was reading about this cool Nordic LARP, and the way they worked was whatever—every—all night, the music was changing. They had a live DJ, okay. and it would be setting a specific emotion that you were supposed to be kind of hitting that note— so as the music changed, the play progressed based on what the, sound, the music was. So it was almost like the music was a storyteller? In a way, it was, because it was like, okay, this music's like this, so you're going to be sad, or you're going to reflect. Okay. Or, and this one's frantic, so it's going to be whatever actions you were going to take tonight, now's the time to do them.
0: Right? All right. Yeah. What else can you do as a, as a game runner to, to make your game better? Let's do number three. Better scene descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: this is something they talk about a lot on those like uh, actual plays. And oh, I thought you were going to say fancy podcasts. Those fancy <laughs> podcasts. are fancy podcast. run by people who make money
0: running games. Well, yeah. that's not <laughs> so, You don't have to be a master storyteller, and I, I don't mean like a game runner storyteller. I mean just like someone who tells stories. You don't have to
1: be Jim Henson or to, right. Yeah.
0: um But there are some little things that you can do. Like one of the big ones I always say is uh, remember that characters, like people, have five senses uh, and and it's real easy when you describe a room to just describe it well when you describe a room that's pretty much visual right and so i always whenever i do a scene set i always try to use three of the five senses so give us an example well i mean you know if you're if you're in a if, if you're in a, a graveyard and mm-hmm. it's nighttime right it's you're gonna smell petrichor you know that that scent of the freshly fallen dew uh, I didn't know that's what that was called. Well, yeah. technically, petrichor is the smell of of when rain first falls, but the scent is very similar. Okay, uh, your mouth might be you know moist mm-hmm. because it, the air is moist. You feel that Clim- on your You're skin; clammy. it's okay. clammy, right? So you've got you've got the smell, you've got the, the how it feels on your skin,
1: the touch, and then of course you describe what it looks like. You are always really good at sounds too. I remember in particular. The when we fought the abomination, you talked about the rats screeching in the walls, and you could hear right. scratching everywhere. It's yeah. good stuff.
0: Yeah. What's the, what does you know? Lots of blood or a dead thing in uh, the room copper. can can make your mouth taste copper. Yeah, you know, a metallic taste. So think about that. What's this room taste like? What's this room smell like? Mm-hmm. What's it look like? Of course, uh, you know. How does this room feel? You know, uh, and and whatever temperature the, tells a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and of course how it sounds. Mm-hmm. So those, it's easy, but I always try to hit three of the five. I like that.
2: And you can do that in in tabletop, LARP, or mush. Or anything, anything in between. Just, All right. Anything, that's right. anything
1: you're describing. Sing. Or if, like, uh, when you're running LARP and you're setting up your module, think about, hey, do I want to, to put a little uh, a scented candle or something in here? Or do I want there to that, be... That can be a lot like playing the music. Right. Not too much, not too little. Right. Hit those notes, and it'll make everything feel more real, and it helps people suspend their disbelief. And, mm-hmm. and
0: in the same way that you can change the scent of the candle for the rooms that they're in, right? Uh, and you could do that even at the tabletop, honestly. Sure. But you can also uh, change the music, right? As well, fog machines are magic.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I would <laughs> are they like, not
0: in your mom's basement? Run the fog machine. No, uh, uh, no.
2: Um, I would like to say though that if you are going to use a candle, make sure that no one is allergic to anything. Yes,
1: that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. Players first. Absolutely. And make sure you are in a fire-friendly environment. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we want it to be so friendly to fire that that fire just no, spread. No.
0: No, do not have a fire as your player. So yeah. what what else about uh, a scene description that can help?
1: Well, you know, something I have been reading a lot in uh like writers workshops right. is when you're writing a book, you should describe the room as a person would see it. As in like I don't just glance in a room and see the whole thing. I kind of like I look at the wall, and then I come around, and I see a bookcase. So I describe it like that, as if I'm looking around. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you are you're, you're. You describe through the room. That sounds like something one of those
0: writer-sigs would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true, though. Work your way left to right, front to back. That's how we take in rooms. Um, in, in American culture, we read left to right, right. Right. Top to
1: bottom. So does that mean people tend to look that way? That is exactly what I mean. At
2: least Americans do. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So if I'm yeah. running a jam- game in Israel, it's the reverse I Because they read right to left. Then yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Why oh, are you running a game in Israel? I'm go?
1: on a Facebook page for a vampire game in Israel that I was trying to lure into UT, but I'm still on it because they post really good pictures. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell, they're only like 12 players, but they go all out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. I would say the last thing about,
0: uh, about describing a room is just try to stay away from the word very.
1: Isn't that one of those things that they teach you in writers' workshops? It, it is workshops? a writing thing. Is is just throw a, that
0: road or word away? Yeah, why? just <laughs> just think about that. You know, very hungry is not as strong as starving. Right. Right. There is if it's very something, there's a word for that. Mm-hmm. I think about
2: it. I always think of the scene—is it in Dead Poet Society yes. with Robin Williams when he was like, you know, you're not very sad. You're morose,
1: mm-hmm, right? You know? Get <laughs> <Sure. Well, well, laughs> words, use them.
2: He says something to the effect of, uh, "Words were invented to woo women. You're not going to try very hard. You're going to,
1: you know." And he makes a big deal about it.
3: I need to watch Dead Poets Society again.
0: Apparently, because I don't remember it. You don't remember that scene? But, yeah. No. <laughs> it's like
1: the it's like the signature scene in the movie.
0: Yeah, no, Oh Captain, My Captain is the. Is no, signature. it's the one where he stands on the ch- the table. Oh, it's the predecessor it, to that. It, yeah. Yes. All right. What's number four? Play something else. Like a different game. Yes. So if you've been playing Dungeons and Dragons, change it up. All right. Why? It Gives you a different perspective.
2: Like, you know, the the theme is different, the mechanics are different, and it will help you kind of... It's like an art. You change... You, you look at a different piece of art to rest your eye. You need to rest your, your game brain. Your game
0: muscles. Your game muscles. <laughs> well, I think me- mechanics are just tools. The story
1: is the game. And that can be different.
0: And so go play with different tools.
1: Oh, you know mm-hmm. what I like is when you find a rule in a game that you really like and you run it in a different game steal the mechanics right so like there's a lot of uh, uh, stuff in Powered by the Apocalypse games that would work really good in any other game because they're all about it's really ideas of how to run a game
0: yeah so that thing you like over there becomes a house rule over here absolutely I think uh, I think that's great go Mm -hmm. play something else and then rip it off
1: yeah yeah (laughs) board games anything that's different that's true and you might find a mechanic you like even there yeah Okay. All right. N- number five. What's the fifth thing we could do to to make our game better? Give your NPCs a, like a real voice. Carrie's really great with NPCs. No, I'm not. Oh, you are. No, I'm not. I-, I still remember the Rat King, and I swear I only interacted with him like twice. <laughs> and I was storytelling in that game. <laughs> So how can we easily give our NPCs a good voice? There are a
0: lot of people, obviously, who are great at voices. Sure. And so they just mm-hmm. do them, and it's like, holy cow, where did that come from? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are a lot of people who are good game runners, but, but voices is not their thing. So we shouldn't have yet another Fiana with a terrible Irish accent? Right. Let's avoid bad accents. <laughs>
2: bad accents don't bother me as much as they do you guys. Um, just because I think if your storyteller or game runner is trying,
1: there, there is like, a definite line between if somebody's trying and yeah. you can tell they're giving it their best effort. Yeah. It's different.
2: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking like you somebody's don't want been, it to be mocking.
1: Right.
0: You know, don't play a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Don't play. I, I don't like bad accents because I find them distracting. Like they as, take you as, out of the moment. As a player, it takes me out of it. Yeah. But if you can do it, if you could do a, uh, an accent, I think we would all agree, do the accent. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I get a lot of mileage out of just changing my voice a little. Everybody can do a high voice. And everybody can do a low voice. And then there's your normal voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then think about the volume. Everyone can do a soft voice and a normal voice and a loud voice. Well, you've already, there you go. Now you've got nine voices. That's right. Because you could do all three of those all three ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it doesn't take
1: much. You don't, have to, you don't have to be Mel Blanc. This is you know. going to sound crazy, but I actually practiced before a game. Really? Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like when we played uh, Vampire this weekend, I practiced my character voice on the drive up, so I could kind of <laughs> get it in my head. It still took me about half an hour of game to nail it. Right. But I was close when I got there. And I think when you do that for NPCs, it, it, it helps. Yes, it also helps you get in the character's mindset before you're ready to present it. Yeah. Like when I played the uh, the, the demon Nasratu guy. Oh. Yeah, I would yeah. practice the voice on the drive up so I could kind of start getting it close to where I needed mm-hmm. it to be. Yeah. I also think, you
0: know, if you can't do a voice, have some sort of prop. That even works in yes. a tabletop game. We used to have a LARP where we we had like seven NPCs that appeared semi-regularly in, in the LARP. And so we found seven items— one for each of them and one they e- were
2: big things that you couldn't ignore
0: right one of them had a cane one of them wore a big floppy hat one of them had a, a giant know, a leather jacket. jacket yeah right and so you can do that and it's simple if you don't have to do a voice if someone can look at you and tell you're playing you know
1: that npc and you can go down to a thrift store and pick up like five random items it was exactly what we did and boom <laughs> You just associate him with that right. character as long as they're even close to the personality. And that's mm-hmm. – at a tabletop game, you can do that too. That, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, um, absolutely.
0: I would probably at a tabletop game avoid a coat or anything that takes a minute. Like you don't want to have to get dressed standing there in front of your players. No, but something I mean, you know, stick a hat on. Like that mm-hmm. takes two seconds. Yeah, right? right. Put the hat on. Yeah. Uh, or have a prop. You know, always like look at what you have in front of you as well. You know, uh, a lot of times when we're tabletopping, we'll have a cup of coffee. Or, right? hot, or hot chocolate. It was Whatever. always hot chocolate in my yeah. group, right? But if you were playing an innkeep, pick up your coffee. Hold that in your hand. Gesture with it when you talk. Because mm-hmm. that can be part of your character.
2: I, I remember I played an NPC once that was supposed to be a, a giant uh, brooding man. right? That was really intimidating. And he was supposed to be like nine feet tall. right? I am not nine feet tall. So every time I would play Tyson, I would stop. Pull a chair over, and I would stand on the chair, and then I'd go, Tyson walks up to you. And, and <laughs> because... You physical- because not only was I physically taller than everyone mm-hmm. else, but I was talking down.
0: Right, right. To, like,
2: physically talking down to them, which made me feel stronger... And bigger, and it, like immediately, my voice got deeper
0: as if, I was doing. If that. it was a tabletop game, and you were a storyteller who mostly sat, then stand you just up. Just stand up. You don't even have to get on a chair. Yeah,
2: right? but then suddenly you're towering over your players as you're giving them the commands of right. what they need to do, and it that changes things. Yeah.
1: Don't you do that with your uh, descriptions sometimes in mush too? like you stand always stand up describe, while you well, no, like, stand <laughs> like, you describe the prompt that the person's holding every time so oh, immediately yes. Yes. people know oh wait that's this person and they're like this wait,
2: there's a character on uh, Adventures Not Wanted right that has a rooster that always follows her around okay and so she'll describe Lorelei walks into the room and then you hear the rooster behind her making right. angry noises and you know and Is it's like
1: inspired by Bok
2: uh, I think it
0: was I hope so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope so <laughs>
0: So another thing about NPCs uh, is, is when you give them voice, you have to remember that how you roleplay the NPCs is going to set an example to your players for how their characters should interact with the world.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: So it's important that if your world is untrustworthy, the NPCs they
1: encounter should not trust others. So you're saying it's more important that they are untrusting then they're untrustworthy. Yes. Because that tells them more about the world.
0: And because betrayal is dumb. It's it's so hard to actually do right. Well, it always feels like you're pulling a fast one on your players. Fool you. you. And that's no fun. Remember uh, Shadow Run? Everybody used to joke because for a while every oh. every single adventure, Some every milk sp- run, every splatbook that Fossa put out, the plot was you take a job from a uh, uh Johnson from Mr. Johnson. Yeah. Or From Mr. The, Johnson. Yeah. And I thought you were making a uh, don't put your, no. your penis in my partner joke again. <laughs> I uh, don't know why that connects in your
1: head. <laughs> Go ahead. A
0: Johnson? Is a penis.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. yeah. Chicago slang. Maybe. What? I don't know. <sighs> anyway, uh, but you know, Mr. Johnson hires you for a job and at some point he betrays you. Of course, right. and that was the plot of every single adventure that every single adventure module they published. Absolutely, and eventually it got to the point where it was stupid. Why would you ever be a runner? Because, because everybody's going to betray you. Yeah, right? so don't do it. And it right. became dumb. And the thing is, that's what happens in in a lot of role playing games and tabletop games. Is is that you know that betrayal feels
1: uh, it makes them never want to trust your NPCs. Something that I heard on uh, this LARP. Uh, podcast Larpcast that's canceled now, so you have to listen to us instead. <laughs> <laughs> now they run forever, but the best piece of advice I ever heard on there was: your entire world is seen by your players through the eyes and words of your NPCs. Yep. So if they say there's a mountain over there, by default, that they believe you. That's right. And that is a power that you should only betray very carefully
0: beware the betrayal yeah your npcs are setting the example for how they interact with the world i used to
2: and i would tell my players this for every bad guy for Mm -hmm. every bad npc that is out there there is a good npc right so like to automatically assume you know and i and I, i would do that too like i actually had a list to make sure that it was an even Ibalanced. number.
0: Yeah. There's someone trying to work against you on this plot and but someone
2: who will be an ally. Right. And so my players generally would never be like, we can't trust anyone. Because since they trusted me to be honest with them. Right. And tell them there are NPCs
0: that will help you. Right. You just have to figure out. We're back to that thing I always say. Trust enables risk. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you guys have to trust and, one another.
1: So this is crazy. You can't lie to your players. Period. Ever. As a storyteller. Yeah. Like and it sounds dumb, I, why would I ever do that?
2: But yeah, how many people times do people do? Want,
1: right? They want they think it's like a surprise party. <laughs> like you don't want your wife or your best friend to tell you that you're going to have a surprise party. So everybody thinks it's like that. Well, I lured him to the McDonald's and then we had a huge party for him and he was so happy. It's not like that at a role-playing game. You're never (laughs) going to surprise me after lying to me and make me happy. Right.
0: Right. Number six, give your players options. So do you mean like choices? Well, choices. Choices in uh, character or? I think choices all the time in every sense of the word. There should always be a choice. Okay. All right. And I think that uh, options specifically means you know when when they're ready to decide what the party's next move is, they should have to make a choice. Okay. And you should be prepared to run either one,
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, regardless of whether or not you know the two doors
1: are going to be exactly the same when they open it. But <laughs> there, there should, should be the two doors. Like they have choices. <laughs> yeah. And in a in the best possible world those choices should be real. Yeah.
0: What I've always found as a game runner is that if I don't give them choices, the game will stall. They'll stop trying to and, and sit there trying to decide what to do. Because they feel like they're missing something. Because they are, because oh, yeah. there should be choices. Right. Mm-hmm. They feel like they go, okay, I know I can walk through that door and fight the bad guy, but that's too easy. It's There's gotta got, to be something else. We're missing something. What are we missing? And then right. the, Check game, the room. And then the game dies, right? And, and so give them a choice, because if they've got choices, then they feel empowered. And if you kill enough sessions like that, you're going to kill the game, Right. I'd also say don't give, them, don't give them too many choices, <laughs> because then they'll sit there debating the choices all night. They'll be paralyzed. Right. Yeah. And, and it's okay to give hints. Clue by fours.
1: <laughs> it took me forever to figure out that things Smack that are Smack them obvious, over the head with a clue by four. I love it. It sounds dumb, but it's true. How many games have you set up where you're like, I just can't figure this out? Right. And then later on, when you're behind the curtain and you're running it, you're like, well, this is simple. Don't you remember 20 sessions ago I gave you this <laughs> name? Right. Because it's in your notes, and you've looked at these notes a hundred times. Yeah. But they haven't. I would say well, that...
2: Okay. The other thing, too, though, is, and I was—I actually just had this discussion with the vampire storytellers at the right. game we were at. That um, players, and I, and I mean this lovingly, players are dumb. And when I'm a player, I'm dumb.
1: Right, because because you don't have the you don't
2: have that notebook yeah. filled
0: with all the clues, and so things you, you don't have an 18 intelligence.
2: Right, even if my character does. Right, um, and, and so. It might not be obvious when you're sitting on that side of the table, mm-hmm. and but as soon as you become a storyteller, it's like infuriating because you're like, it's right there. Why aren't they noticing? Right? <laughs> Why didn't they put two and two together? And every it doesn't matter if you're being a storyteller, you you're frustrated, and if you're being the player, you're just not getting it. Mm-hmm. And that happens to everyone. It is not a comment on anyone's intelligence.
0: I think it's important to remember too, that when you give a hint, you don't always have to just hand it to them either. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes a hint is like this. Don't you remember you guys encountered something very similar to this back uh, at the bar in, in, you know, (laughs) Ohio. And then, then they'll start talking about it and they'll come up with it. And that's a very obvious hint, but sometimes the hint can be like this. Roll your intelligence. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you remember something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. I like so, both of those. So, you know, you don't always have to just hand it to them. I also like it making it kind of in-game, too. Like, they're stuck. So you literally have somebody come by and be like, hey, for 100 gold, I can help you with this. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Just remember, spinning wheels will, will ruin your game night. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I used to also, uh, my, my big one is I'd go, does anyone here have common sense?
0: Right. Because <laughs> that was a merit in the old World of Darkness system. Yep.
2: Thing. And is- all I had to do is I didn't even have to have anyone throw the chop to see if they could figure it out. They would all stop and go, what are we missing?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, and, and I, you know, a little metagamey, but I didn't care. Like, I just wanted them to think just through.
0: Just offering the opportunity yes. to use the mechanic told them there was something. Yes, yeah,
2: something they were missing yeah. and they needed to stop. And look at everything. Yeah, hints are
0: okay.
1: Here, here's another side of that, too, that I like. When the players come up with an idea, finally, and you're like, this game has been stalled all night, that idea is terrible.
2: Just, just let, it <laughs> right, <you laughs> let it work. Right, let it
1: work. You know what? That works. Right. Or you fail in a way that tells you all the things you need to know yep. for next time. There you go. There's a bunch of different ways to play it.
2: Using goblins as a cannonball mm. probably shouldn't work, but okay. Tonight, tonight it work. works. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to do that.
1: You know, in Warhammer, what? there's a mechanic for that. <gasps> yeah,
2: I've never wanted to play Warhammer before.
1: <laughs> Until now. <laughs> all right, simple Ugh. thing
0: you could do to make your game better, number seven. End on a cliffhanger, start with a bang. <sighs> uh-huh. If you can pull it off, have your session end on a cliffhanger. They walk into the room, and there are a dozen bad guys there, all ready to draw their weapons. That's game wrap, everybody. See you <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Right? Woo! <laughs> You know, end right before combat, but they also
1: have to have a resolution before that, right? Well, sometimes the resolution is you made it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like the old serials. right? Yeah. I was, I, like, I was gonna say, like I always Captain like,
2: Crunch. I always like to think of um, like the old soap operas, you're the right. night soap, like Dallas. Right. Bobby's alive. What? And then it
0: ends, and you're like. What's happening? Every role-playing game session should end with the camera zooming in on a player's reaction. Yes! <laughs> yes! Right? So, but that enables you then to begin with a bang. Because you know what? The first the first hour of every game is a... I'm going to probably get hate mail for this, but the first hour of every game is a little bit of a wash.
1: Hey, even... Even we, the best of games. When we talked to Mari, she said these big LARPs that she runs... She said it takes an hour for everybody to get in the character. Yeah. After workshops, after everything, it takes an hour.
0: Right. So okay. why not start that hour with combat and rolling those dice? Something. Something active, yeah. something moving. And I would say starting with a bang
1: applies to your first session, too. Just do it. Just roll mm-hmm. right out the gate. I think that yeah. it's really clever to start your very first game with something physical. Maybe not combat, but something like that. Something yeah. immediate, something that user requires dice... Or something like that. Right. That keeps things moving and gives a lot of energy.
0: Yeah, but the, you know, the number one reason games die is because uh, they just don't play them again. Right? You run one or two sessions and then nobody comes back. Oh, yeah. If you end on a cliffhanger, they want to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to play your game again. Even if it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I would like to say you can also do in mush. It's a
2: little harder to do. Okay. Um, well, because mush is 24-7. Right. Um, but it can be done. And I've seen it done, and and like people will be, you know, they chomp at the bit. When's the next scene you're running?
1: Oh, I get it. So like you, you give yeah. them some sort of reveal, and then for work. whatever reason, mm-hmm. the scene closes. Leave them with a clue. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, they find the book. Right. The book with the answers. But, but, it's they all, can't it. but it's all read. But it's all written in in Hebrew, and none <laughs> right of you right to speak left. Hebrew. <laughs> I was going to say ancient sumerian because that was the generic go-to secret language for back, Buffy. Well, was. back when I was playing Vampire, everybody knew ancient sumerian because no. it was a secret language, right. <laughs> so everybody do it. Number 8, don't be bound by the tone of the published materials. So I could run my dark and brooding Dungeons and Dragons game about courtly politics. Mhm. You could also run
0: a vampire game that's a comedy. Yeah, And now
1: that's life goals. (laughs) Buddy cop vampire movie. No, not
0: movie game. It's
2: (laughs) It's a movie now.
0: It's unexpected and can breathe new life into your game. Right. And sometimes it could even just be a scene. Mm -hmm. You know, Carrie, you used to, in one of the werewolf games you ran uh, for many years... You had a bunch of ratkins that used used to they were wear rats and they would take people into the television realm.
2: The oh, television
0: yeah. spirit realm. Yeah. And so like for that one night, if you ended up having to go to the television realm with those ratkin, it was like the goofiest, silliest, well, most ridiculous I thing would, ever.
2: I would gauge players not their characters right. but what players needed and if it was clear that like this is just getting too heavy too much this that you know i would have the Ratkin like show up and be like you know we need volunteers or you know however and i would drag them into like ridiculous like star trek episodes so they got a night of kind of blowing steam yeah
1: this yeah, is it, goofy. It, it this was, is different this is literally
2: it literally was a what if comic
0: yeah well i like it and that's okay yeah so let's do number nine. Number
2: nine. Oh, this is like my, I think it's the most important thing ever.
0: Um, Did you say it's the most important thing on the list?
2: I think so. Okay. I, I actually think it's super, it's, if it, it's not the important, I think it's one of the most it's important. It's the opposite of number one. It is. I think that you have to have an afters ritual.
1: You know, some games it's literally a ritual of some what sort. What is an yeah. afters ritual?
2: Um, it's going to Denny's afterward. Uh, everyone, you know, or it doesn't even have to be that it's everyone sits around after game wrap and nods each other. Hey, Ryan, you did an awesome job with your accent, right? It's, it's establishing community. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I have, you know, and I always say that community is the most important thing
0: in a, in a large destination LARP, you know, it's the, the post workshop right? mm-hmm. or you it know, can be closing ceremony. De- they call it debrief. Sometimes you hear it called debriefing. In a tabletop game, it can be going to Denny's afterwards to get a
1: 3 a.m. cheeseburger and just talk about how much fun you had. In a a Bawfer LARP I used to play, most of us would go out to eat afterwards, but the real closing ceremonies is when the the game runners got up and said, hey, everybody, we appreciate you being here and just talked for a second about the game and uh, let everybody who had a game come up and tell when their game was going to be and talk about it. And it just kind of... Gave you a moment to step back and think, I, you know, I had a good time this weekend and they had a good time running it. Yeah, this was fun. (laughs) I
0: I think it becomes especially important uh, when if a game is, you know, even the best of us run a game session that's rough from time to time. Yeah. And if a game session for some, let's say I just ran the game tonight and it just sucked. Right. Things just didn't work, right? Maybe I don't even realize it, though, because sometimes as storytellers, we don't realize that what we just ran was shit. Because <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you, know? you can't sit on both sides of the right? table. And so if I'm like, all right, guys, that's the end of the session tonight. See you Woo! next week. Everybody walks out to their cars pissed. Yeah. And that's what we ended on. And but that, if you go going to Denny's afterwards... If you go going to Denny's afterwards, maybe people will talk about, about what they liked and what they didn't like. Yeah. And maybe then you can... Uh, you know, turn it into a positive thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, take criticism. Oh, take it. Amen. That's the only way to get better. Yep.
0: Well, talk, speaking of taking criticism, let's do our last, our last one. And we talk about this one a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is your coffee shop rule, right? Number 10, know a good coffee shop. So you can take somebody there. Yep. There's going to be a time or so your players could take you.
1: I mean, that happens too. Hey, that Mm -hmm. game was rough. You know, we should talk about it. When I was storytelling in underground theater, hate mail was more useful than people telling me I was great. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: you yeah. Do,
1: you don't learn anything from your mom telling you that what you drew was right? good. And <laughs> even when those people who were telling me that was amazing, here's what you did right like sometimes that could be good. But or somebody or reassuring. Yes. But somebody saying, That scene was garbage and here's why and you're a piece of shit. Maybe I need to take a step back and say, okay, what are they really saying? Right. Like, like, if, don't listen to the fact that they think you're garbage. Yeah,
0: if you're a player and you're telling your storyteller that's that they're, bad. they're garbage or a piece of shit, you need to find a new hobby. Yeah, that's, that's just, just not how we speak to people.
1: Right. Yes. But as the person who's getting it, you can dissect that. Something made them mad. Yeah. Maybe there's something in there that you could improve. Right. Now, the point of the good coffee
0: shop uh, that we usually talk about is this idea that when a... a when you have a problem player or a problem in your game, uh, don't try to don't try to address the problem player's problem right in the middle of the game in front of everybody because then you're dealing with embarrassments uh, yeah. and they feel attacked. Right. But if you take them to coffee in between games, you're able to sit down. Enjoy coffee together, and there's something about being able to hold a coffee mug that takes people's defenses down. Well, Well, they feel safe. It's
2: warm. Mm -hmm. Usually, you hold both hands on it. It's an
1: item between you. Mm -hmm. So it's a car salesman trick. Have you ever heard of that? No. They give you a warm cup of coffee to drink because when you're holding something warm in your hands, it makes you feel good. Right, so you're relaxed. You feel and good they, about the car, and you feel good about the car. Wow! It's also a trick if you're a boss, if you've got to criticize somebody. You know, the whole praise publicly, criticize privately. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We can take lessons for that for running game. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and I think when you get when you get to a coffee shop with them and you talk about the problem, you need to talk to them like they're a human being, like they're your friend, even mm-hmm. if they're not. Uh, and and I think that it's important that you listen to what they have to say. Uh, It's important that it's a discussion. Mm -hmm. It can't be a lecture. Right. You can't just sit down and go, listen,
1: you suck. Here's why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I, the last time I was, uh, uh, last outage, when I was in a leadership position, there was a person I had trouble with. This is at your work. This is at my work. And I just said, hey, what do I need to do to make this better? Right. And that puts them on the right foot. That's the
0: best thing you can do is point out The problem behavior, Mm -hmm. but then treat it like it's your fault as the game runner. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not. Even if it's not. Hey, Carrie, I noticed that uh, you were on your cell phone almost the entire game last week. And it was kind of distracting a lot of the other players. And I just want to know, what can I do to involve you more?
2: Sorry.
1: (laughs) You know what? Maybe they just say sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean, they could just say sorry. They could be like, look, I'm sorry. My mom's sick and I was texting her. Mm -hmm. Right. And then suddenly
0: you go... Okay, I understand your behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. People can't fix something they don't know is broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the flip side, if they're like, "I don't care. I want to be on my phone the whole time. I like my wizards unite." Awesome. Maybe you should consider finding a, a, another gaming group that you fit. That's a better
1: fit for you. Because some people are great with that. Playing your mm-hmm. phone. Hey, it's your turn in combat. This person, this person, this person just did this. Yeah. Here's the. That's the recap. What do you do? Right. The other thing I
0: want to say about this is if they come at you, like, I mean, that sounds really, I know what you're saying though, but if, if you're like, what can I do to make this better? And they're like, well, you did this and that's why I was so angry. Mm -hmm. Don't justify or defend what you did as the storyteller. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because what we want to do is we want to reassure them and show them that there are reasons that you behaved the way you did, or there's a reason the scene went that way. Um, but when you defend or justify, what you're really doing is encouraging them to dig their feet in and challenge you even more. Because what you're saying is, yeah, but you're wrong because I, there was this other thing. Right. Telling people they're wrong is never a positive
1: experience. Even when it's true. Even especially <laughs> when it's especially true. Especially when it's true. Right. So how do you, what do you say? You say, uh, how can I fix this? Or how can we... Uh, uh, calibrate this? How can we both be on the
0: same page? I I think it's okay to own it. You're going to, you're going to take an ego hit, but sometimes as the storyteller, you're the organizer of your game. Mm -hmm. When a game is awesome, Mm -hmm. the storyteller gets the credit. Absolutely. Always like you don't realize it, but you know, nobody talks about how great the players are on critical role. They're great. They talk about Matt Mercer. But they do, right? Yeah. yeah. Because he runs such an amazing game. But if you really look at Critical Role, Critical Role is amazing because he has players who are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Matt doesn't do a great job. He but does. But they're
1: carrying part of the load. But
0: they are carrying a good chunk of the load. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so it's important. When a game does well, everyone remembers the great game that, that you ran. Mm-hmm. When a game runs bad, uh, and even if it's, if it runs bad because there was a player that was garbage they're still going to remember that it was your game that sucked. And so, when it's bad, I think you have to say, hey, uh, you know, I'm sorry you didn't like the call I made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So, what can I do next time that that you'd feel better about? Right. You just, you heard them. You acknowledged that you did the thing. You Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily say, you didn't necessarily go out of your way to say what I did was wrong, Mm -hmm. but you acknowledged it and apologized. They felt the way they did. Right. And if you did mess up, yeah, go ahead and, and, fess if you up and mess up and If you did mess up, good lord, own it. Yeah. Gosh, we all know, we would, every, anyone who's ever had a day job knows when your boss owns their mistake. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's <laughs> glorious.
2: Well, it, and it's not even like a
1: aha moment. Yeah. It's like a, you're human, okay. Right. That means if I make a mistake and own it, you're going to be good with that. Or more, or at least more receptive. Right. Yeah. More understanding. Hmm? I tell you, a mistake that I made when I was, uh, during the outage, there was a person who was under, uh, under me and I told them, Hey, hey. get out of there. No, Ooh, I wanted your, to, get- that's a different guy. And I'll tell you that story <laughs> later. All fair. But there was a person, he was doing something I wasn't happy with. And I said, Hey man, every time you do this, I get in trouble. And I thought I was going to, re- I was relating to him. Right. Hey man, it's not me. It's these guys, and what I realized is he never respected me again after that. Right. Because I didn't say, hey, this is what we need. Yeah. I said, hey, it's not me, it's these other people. Yeah. yeah. So from now on, he knew that my word meant nothing. Because you're the buck passer. and am just pe- passing the buck. The people that mattered were above you. Right. So yeah. as the storyteller or DM, don't pass the buck. Don't say, hey, I'm sorry, the game was terrible. It's Billy's fault. Right. Or my wife called me and upset me. You can or say I'm anything. So, I'm sorry the game wasn't my best. Right. It's That's okay. fair. Yeah. It's okay. but don't blame anyone else. Right. Absolutely.
0: Yes. All right, so there are ten simple things that uh, you can you do. you must this. do. you must or be- else. Carrie uh-huh. says you have to do. Let's go to game wrap. <laughs> All right, welcome to game wrap. Woo! we made it. sure Yeah, I'm our 400th episode. It reminds oh. me Jason, uh, sometime this week I'd like to get some coffee with you. No oh, that's okay. okay. Uh, so you can I find a good coffee shop. <laughs> you can find our uh, our show so on uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere else you find your podcasts. Of course, we're at honorrollpodcast.com uh, on Twitter at honorrollpodcast. Facebook.com slash podcast, hosts at honorrollpodcast.com if you want to send us an email, and we'd love for you to go become a patron at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast because everybody wants to be like Ryan Galeato. That's right. That's everybody does. does. I, w-
2: I want to be as
1: skinny as Ryan Galeato. I want to be as fabulous. Okay. Ah. I'm
0: just saying.
1: Oh, wait, Carrie did he you was... finish that cover? Yes, just now. Okay, thanks. Okay. Whew. Snowhaven, right? Yes. Okay.
2: Yay. Amazing. Everyone should go order it. Yay! Yay. Carrie,
1: okay. you get 100 XP for finishing the cover.
0: Yay! Yay!
1: Uh, Jason, you get
0: 75 experience points uh, for not finishing the cover. I finished a cover of a song.
1: Did you? What was it? I don't remember. It's I was rain just and men. listening to it, it. was It's Rain and Men, wasn't That's it? It's a good song. It's, it's very fun. catchy. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> to different people. What if it's Let the Body Sit the Floor? Yeah, I, I know. It. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, that one's yeah, rough. It's clever. That's rough. Yeah.
0: All right. Join us next week when uh, our topic is, hey, can somebody come over and trim my dog's nails? No. That's a really weird lark. 20 XP. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, uh, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon, Carrie's the legend, Jason's the favorite. Mm-hmm. And remember, the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Expressed on the honorable podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast
0: and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompitech.com. <laughs>